0: What's up, guys? It's always a good one when your wife is laughing before you hit record on this podcast. It is Tuesday Evening Mechanic.
1: Oh, we know about timing.
0: Oh, my goodness. It's not Monday morning. It's Tuesday evening. Welcome in. Hopefully, you're hearing this on Tuesday evening. Some of you, might, some of you guys might be slackers and not check your phone until Wednesday morning when this will be coming out. So for some of you guys, it'll be Wednesday morning mechanic. Other guys, it'll be Tuesday evening mechanic. We blew Monday Morning Mechanic. And I'll tell you why. It's because we have a family of six people here. We have four kids. We got the carpets cleaned. We get, we got sickness going on. We got like... Just be glad you guys aren't in office right now. Because we've... What have we had, Karen? We've had...
1: We've had croup and influenza B. I was the only one in the family to not get any symptoms. I just... Uh, Blessings. The last,
0: yeah, the last few days I've had a sore throat and I've just been... My, I, my energy level has just been zapped. So I haven't been as sick as the kids were... But uh, even this morning on my workout, I just, it was just, I had no energy. And I wanted to go to sleep again this morning, and and I tried to, and then the baby was in the bed with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Anyway, I did get a workout in, though, but I was completely zapped and shaking afterwards. So let's uh, jump in and talk about Tampa. Tampa happened on Saturday. It was the Tampa Supercross. We're on round 7 of 17. This Supercross season, I have really, really loved, because I think we're having like a more interesting like series especially in the 450 than we've had in a long time seems like there's a lot of there's a lot of people that are doing a lot of good things and and the i think it's basically it's open there's there's three guys that could win this championship and i don't think that you have that usually by round seven you kind of it's like a one or two man race this one is definitely a three-man race for sure and there's four or five people that could still win i think three people are still going to be on that but let's talk about the 250s um for those of you that know or don't know we are now on the 250 east so the way that this the way that supercross works at least currently is they have two different divisions for the 250 class and i think they did that back in the day so that it was easier for uh you know guys that weren't on factory teams so they could the travel wasn't as big of a deal that way they didn't have to travel all the way across the country because typically speaking in the lights class or the lower division 125 two stroke back in, in the, the day, lightweight class, in the lights. Yeah, they didn't have enough money. <laughs> now, well, though, they there's so many guys, factory guys on these 250 teams. I think that the two-fifty should just race the entire season. And in fact, I don't think there should be a split between the classes. I think what it does is it waters down the talent and then it makes it so that you have lapping. They're, they're, they're lapping now in like lap five or four. Yeah, like in the heat races in, in the 250s, in the in about somewhere around the fourth lap or the fifth lap. These guys started, the top guys started lapping into the lappers, like coming all the way around. And so if you're fleeking, you know, 8 to 10 or 12 seconds slower per lap, you shouldn't even be out there. And it's just causing more danger than they need. And There's a
1: race going on and you ain't in it. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) And so
0: I think that the solution there, because the the AMA and the FIM, they're always listening to this podcast. They're always there. And so I'm now speaking directly to (laughs) AMA. And I'm saying, let's drop this whole uh, East, East Coast, West Coast, 250 thing. Uh, motocross is already, Supercross is already the most expensive thing ever. And most of these factory teams are doing it anyway. They could totally do it anyway. And then we'd have all of these riders in the same thing. Like, so the, like right now in the, in the 250 West, we've been watching um, Austin Fortner and Dylan Ferrandez go at it. And the problem that Austin Fortner has had is it's basically just him and Dylan Ferrandez. Yeah, and Dylan Frandes is kind of eating him for breakfast. If Dylan Frandes had to go through these other guys to try to catch Austin Forkner, who's going to get the whole shot, it might be a whole different thing. If,
1: well, there'd be a lot of carnage, Because it, listen,
0: listen to these <laughs> names. You've got some pretty big names here. You've got Shane McElrath, like a veteran of the 250 class. You've got Chase Sexton, his second or third year. Jeremy Martin, who's like a, a vet who came back. Jarrett, Garrett Marchbanks, Jordan Smith, R.J. Hampshire. Like, it seems, it seems to me like the East... 250 is a little bit more stacked this year than the west 250 in the west you just had you know your uh your um what's his name why can't i think of his name
1: on the what
0: on the west our guy
1: our guy
0: not our guy just the guy (laughs) austin fortner austin fortner thank you this is why (laughs) you got austin fortner dylan ferrandas and uh Mm -hmm. and justin cooper and that's it here on the east at least maybe i'm just doing like glass half full type thing but there's like you know a bunch of guys there's probably six guys that are very very good we like Garrett Marchbanks cuz he's from Colville, Utah. I just learned that. So.
1: Yay, Garrett.
0: But anyway, so
1: and also um Josh Hill. That's kind of a fun one. Yeah, with, so what did you learn the, about Josh? With the brother. Well, I learned that looking at him through his goggles, he looks exactly like his brother. But he has long curly red hair, so that That reminds me, it's not him.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> so Josh Hill is the brother of Chase <laughs> jeremy
1: <laughs> when in doubt just say justin justin right? it is
0: justin because <laughs> karen says everyone everyone's justin so josh hill is there justin are a lot Hill's of Justins. Brother. and josh hill is actually he's racing 250s this time on the east coast and it's pretty cool he has been racing forever he took a big break off of it he raced 250s like 13 years ago and now he's back on 250s and he's like hey these 250s are way better than the 250s that i used to use back in the dizzy
1: oh and we can't forget dakotas that's a fun
0: name. Yeah, Jimmy Dakotas.: So a bunch of cool things. But here's the, <laughs> thing, here's the thing with Tampa, the sand section. They put this sand section in there. It was like this rhythm section that had kind of a turn at the end. And it was just sort of weird. Yeah. And I don't think any of the riders liked it at all. It was just like this super fine sand blasting you up. And we were watching a little bit of the qualifying in the middle of the day. We didn't go to Tampa, but we were just, you know, my son Case wanted to watch it. And so we were turning it on. It was absolute carnage. especially in the qualifying and the practices guys couldn't even go through there without like every lap someone was crashing especially in the 250s well and
1: you notice with every rider going through the sand section there was a new line it wasn't like you know some line that people were just taking through that first part of the sand section there were multiple lines every every round and so I thought that was interesting.
0: Well, it's because it was like four feet deep of sand, like straight yeah. up. That would have been extremely and difficult. And no moisture. Extremely <laughs> difficult to ride through that sand. And so sometimes they'll do sand sections in, in these races. And I don't think a lot of the Supercross guys like him. I know Eli Tomac has been vocal, like why we we doing sand in yeah. Supercross? He's said that before. But <clears throat> part of it is because you're just going to get blasted.
1: And Cooper Webb also said something in the post um, conference where he was saying, you know, that it was kind of weird that we had it i don't know i can't remember exactly how he worded it do you remember
0: they they basically don't like it but they don't want to come out and actually just whine about it and sound like a whiner but i don't think any of them like it it's dangerous he
1: didn't sound like a whiner he he was just saying matter of fact it was just kind of weird yeah
0: it was (laughs) it was kind of weird and everyone struggled with it it was the great equalizer sometimes the whoops are an equalizer but this one the sand was the thing that separated everyone and and we'll get to it later, but Tomac, Tomac said a couple times that it was he liked it because it gave him actually a place to pass. He's like, it was really hard to pass on this track, but the sand was the one place where if you just sent it, it would kind of give you a, a way to pass. So,
1: well, and he was saying if you came around that left-hand turn in the sand, the if you could nail the double right before it, then you could still have enough momentum to keep going. But, to rail the um, outside. But Adam was the one that like, was really just shotgunning out of on the right side of that.
0: I think St. was doing it on the left hand side and then making the tight left hander. Well, either way. But the the your point is valid though. Like it was there was it was kind of one line and then if you had the guts, you could go around the outside. So in the two fifty class though, Shane McElrath, there's a few th- a few things happening. Like all these guys have different bikes this year. They switched teams, a bunch of different guys. Shane McElrath last year he was he was on KTM. It might have been like Troy Lee designs KTM. I can't remember exactly who it was. I don't think it was a factory KTM team, but this year he switches over and he's uh, riding a blue bike and uh, doing a lot of testing. And I thought it was really interesting because they said he didn't know if he was going to, he, they had kind of assigned him to go on the East coast, but they told him to be ready for West coast racing. So he was supposed to be ready for Anaheim one in case somebody got hurt at like press day. And if someone got hurt on press day, right before a one, he was going to race the West coast. And he said he wasn't quite ready because he was switching everything and switching, switching teams, switching bikes, switching all this stuff. And he said he could have made it work, but he wasn't really ready. You remember that mm-hmm. in that press conference? The other thing that I thought was super interesting is that he said that he had, he's reusing an air fork now. And I'm going, wait a second. Aren't you Yamaha? Doesn't Yamaha use the holy trinity of like spring KYB fork? And now we've got Shane, Shane McElrath on a factory Yamaha team running an air fork? I thought that was interesting. So I'm going to have to do some more research on that. But uh, yeah, Shane McElrath ends up number one, which was pretty cool to see. Shane's more of a veteran rider. Um, He's been in that class. I think he's raced that class now for seven or eight years. So yeah.
1: I just like to say his last name. I think that's a fun last name to say. Say it. (laughs) McElrath. I just, I love it. I think it's fun.
0: McElrath. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Chase Sexton came in number two. Uh, so what, what can you say about Chase, Karen?
1: I like him. I'm rooting for him. Why? I don't know. He's just that sweet little boy next door kind of, I don't know. And he's got a good head on his shoulders. He doesn't seem too cocky and usually kids that age are quite cocky and self-absorbed, but he seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders. So that's why I like him.
0: Well, he got the, he ended up with the number one plate. I mean, because last year he was chasing down, um, why can't I, mm, think I see it? what she did Fortner, there? was chasing. Cha- he was chasing Austin Fortner the whole year, and then Austin Fortner turned his knee and tore his ACL, and and Shane or uh, Chase Sexton was right there to uh, to capitalize on it. So here's the thing, though. Um, I like Chase, Chase Sexton, and I think he's a good kid, uh, but I think this is the last time we see the red plate on his bike. I mean, obviously he just lost it uh, to Shane McElrath. Next week, Shane McElrath, number twelve, is going to have the number one plate. Or, I mean, the red plate. So Chase has the number one plate, but he's not going to have the red plate. For you guys out there that don't know about this, because I do have some people that are starting Supercross, listen, watching Supercross now just because of this podcast. If you run the number one plate, it's because you won the championship in your division the prior year. So if you have the number one plate, it means you're the winner from last year. If, if you, you have, have
1: the red plate, that means that you are number one in the points.
0: Current points leader.
1: Current current points And leader. so
0: obviously you'd like to have a number one plate and have it be a red plate, And he did that at Tampa because he was, you know, the champion. Everyone has zero points, but you start with the red plate if you got the number one. And then he lost it to Shane Rackler. So next week, Shane McArath, number 12, his plate will be red. Um, And Chase Sexton is going to have to try to run that down again. But I I just think it's going to be hard for him Uh, because what I was saying earlier with how stacked this class is with McGrath and Martin and Jordan Smith and uh, March Banks and RJ Hampshire, I think it's going to be hard. I do think he's probably going to be second. I think he'll probably chase down Shane this entire time, and I hope he I hope he makes it better. Let's talk about Jeremy Martin, Karen. Oh, J-Mart. Jeremy, what do you think of Jamar?
1: Well, he's had quite a a time the last few years. He was he
0: was third. He got a podium.
1: Yep, he got a podium, but he hasn't been racing for a couple of years. He was it broke his back. Yeah, and then he got a job, like a normal job, last year. And so this was a pretty emotional race for him. You know, he was fastest in the time uh, for qualifying. And then he ended up on the podium at number three. And that was just a really cool thing just to see him make a full circle. And his first race back, he's on the podium. I thought that was really neat.
0: Okay. So this is kind of creepy because look, I took some notes and there, and Karen can't see my notes. And here are the notes that I took down. It says, (laughs) Jeremy Markin, Jeremy Martin, broken back two years got a job qualifies number one and podium finish <laughs> and she literally just went down my entire checklist and she and wasn't I don't looking have at anything
1: it. written on my paper i just go off the seat of my pants oh my
0: goodness that was awesome <laughs> look i'm not lying you see it
1: yeah I broken, do see so he had
0: the broken back a couple of years ago gets a real job and and then you know but he's if uh, they said something like he That's he, funny. he said something about he you know the doctor went in for a doctor appointment the doctor's like dude you're fully healed you could ride a bike tomorrow yeah, And so he did. He started writing and he's obviously been getting back in shape and everything. And then he comes back and he said he's just enjoying and not taking it for granted as much now yeah. as he did before. So,
1: And he gave all the glory to God. I thought that was really cool.
0: Yeah. That was really... It's really fun to hear the storylines behind these guys. They're working so hard and they've got so much on the line and they're putting their bodies on the line and all this stuff. And it's nice to... Nice to just see him have and qualify. Number one, he didn't even know he was because he said uh, there are there times in his career where he hasn't qualified for mains, even though he's quote, a factory rider. Obviously, a lot of these guys have had that. But here's a dude. Actually, some of these guys that we talk about have never not qualified for a main. They were just good enough that they were. They'd always qualify. But Jeremy Martin says, I haven't. There are times I haven't qualified. And now to come out after being off the bike for two years with a broken back, qualify number one in qualifying practice earlier in the day, and then finish with the podium.
1: He's got the stuff. He was happy. That's so fun.
0: He was happy. So I have a
1: question. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he doesn't know what I'm going to ask. <laughs> um, so what, in your opinion, was the difference between passing on the West Coast to passing on the East Coast?
0: See, on the East Coast, they've got more trees and stuff, and so they have to <laughs> practice passing a little bit. Because so, uh, they don't
1: want to hit trees. I
0: saw a lot of passing last night in the 250 class, and um, I didn't see one person get pushed off the track. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of passing going on. Yeah. Like throughout the day and the heat races and everything. And so I, I just... The, the East guys must be better, you know, more efficient at, at passing and stuff. Yeah. So... Even Shane McElrath, he said that. He said that in the post-race press, press conference, not that. He just said that he, was, he got to ride because he's now on the same team as Dylan Ferrandez and, uh, and Justin Cooper. Yeah. And so he said it was fun to ride with those guys out in California and everything and practice together. And I, and I was just hoping that he would like put a plug in there like, yeah, we're working on our passing techniques and stuff like that.
1: <laughs> but he didn't. He didn't. But yeah, there there was a definite difference of passing in the 250s on the east versus the west.
0: Not a single person got pushed off the track.
1: Because for anyone out there who doesn't know, Dylan Ferrandez, he's the one who pushes everyone off the track and he is on the west coast and so now we're starting into the east coast and he's not there. So all the class all the passes are clean.
0: It was kind of fun to watch. It was kind of fun for a change. Uh, last one to mention maybe in the 250 class here is uh, Jordan Smith. Jordan Smith was also on a, a uh, orange bike last year KTM. Now he is on uh, Team Green. He's riding a Kawasaki. Uh, he ended up with a fifth place finish. Uh, Garrett Marchbanks was fourth. So that's really cool. I want to see what Garrett Marchbanks can do with that fourth place finish and see if he can be See if he can be competitive. He's also on a on a Kawasaki. So a bunch of cool things happening. Jordan
1: Smith also got the whole shot though.
0: Yeah, he did. He did. He and he but he didn't do it anything after that. He just kind of fell back a little bit. He was a little bit off the pace. Um, switching over to the four fifties. So uh pretty fun race and the racing is very, very tight. Extremely tight. Um Karen, who who what was our top three in the in the four fifty?
1: Well, there's Eli Tomac, Cooper Webb, and Ken Roxon. And Vince Presi he got the whole shot, and Adam C and Cirillo was second, and then he ended up at eighth. He tucked a wheel, and his bike got stuck on the tough block and needed some assistance to get it off. But I was so bummed about that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So Eli Tomac he gets he gets the win here, and my thought is this is Eli Tomac's year. He's I mean, he isn't my favorite to win the race, but like if I was a betting man at this point, I just think he is so due. like Eli Tomac. And you guys know, I'm not the biggest Eli Tomac fan. Um, I want to be more than I am, but he is due. And he, I can say this, he deserves it, you know, and I, I want to see Ken Roxon do this. I, w- I would love to see Ken Roxon win. He would be my choice out of the top three guys in the points lead would be Ken Roxon. But if I have to say, who's the guy who's due and deserves it more than the other people, I would have to say it's Eli Tomac.
1: Ken Roxon. <laughs>
0: this, is, this is Eli Tomac's like the fifth year where he oh. is like in a position to get it. I think the last two years with Dungy, when Ryan Dungy won, uh, Eli Tomac was right there and could have or should have won it. And then the next year when you have Jason Anderson, Eli Tomac was right there and could have won it. And then last year with Cooper Webb, he was right there and could have won it, you know, just a few points off. And now he's having the best uh, season from a points perspective through seven rounds that he's ever had.
1: Yeah, because usually he comes off really slow and then has to, like, work his way up in the pack and get his points back. And then he gets close, but... He doesn't get it at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. This is about the time like round eight is about where he starts to get things together and just start ripping off wins like crazy. Oh
1: yeah. I guess I got to get some points.
0: Yeah. And so now here we are after seven rounds and he already has three wins. He is the points leader. The only thing that's going to be interesting. Well, not the only thing, but one thing that'll be interesting now is he has had the red plate in the past in Supercross, And then he's kind of like, hasn't known what to do with it. And he's followed it up with like a bad race. And so that's what I'm look, that's what I'm watching for with Eli Tomac is next week in Dallas. Does he follow it up with like a bad race? It's going to be a, it's going to be a triple crown in Dallas. So there's going to be a bunch of racing. I think Ken Roxon is more excited about that because Ken's starts have been better, not the last two weeks, but historically Ken Roxon's starts have been way better than Eli Tomac. And so yeah. this is the, this is where is Eli Tomac going to show us, you know, something different. And, I can, I, you know, I hope he does. I, I don't want people to do bad. I don't want Eli to do bad. I certainly don't want him to crash and get hurt. Uh, but he had a good race in Tampa.
1: But historically, Eli, whenever he is close to, you know, really getting somewhere in the points, he crashes. And then instead of jumping up and going, he like, oh, what's going on? And looks kind of confused and is slow to get back on the bike and this is a novice perspective here, Karen speaking, but it just seems like he's got no sense of urgency. And so hopefully he can pull that together if this is his year, but if not, I'm still rooting for Ken. I'm whether, whatever he does, I'm rooting for Ken.
0: Yeah. You know, I got thinking it's been a long time since we've actually seen Tomac crash, you know, and I hope that he doesn't do that, but he almost crashed there in the sand section, trying to make a pass on Adam C and Cirillo. Cause what happened is at the beginning of the race, uh, they jump out and it's Team Green up in the front. Well, first you have um, Vince Freezy who's just in the way. Vince Freezy gets the whole Aww. shot and he just falls back. Vince <laughs> Freezy gets the whole shot. He gets, he's done it a lot. He's a great starter, but he ends up getting thirteenth and he's just in the way, like seriously. And so then <laughs> you've got you know Vince Freezy and then Eli or uh, uh, Adam Ciancerillo makes the pass on Vince immediately, and then and then you've got Eli Tomac there in third at the beginning part of the race, and he and Vince just needs to get out of the people's way, you know, 13, 12, 13 people pass Vince, you know, like you're only moving backwards. And, uh, you know, that's, that's disappointing. But then these other guys, you know, Cooper Webb finally gets around. Uh, another one is Malcolm Stewart. So the top three, you've got Eli Tomek one, Cooper Webb finishes two, Ken Roxon finishes three, but I just want to bring up Malcolm Stewart. Malcolm Stewart was running at the beginning of that race for a long time. He had a really good start, you know? Um, in fact, yeah, he was like as maybe as high up as fourth place or something, but he just I just don't think that Al, I don't think Malcolm Stewart has the fitness. He even said that afterwards. Malcolm I
1: Stewart was still wearing his jammies when he was riding. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. If you're listening to this still, go back and look at his um what is it called? Outfit. What's it called? His Jersey gear? gear, whatever. His pants, his gear. Yes. It looked like an old farmer with like the bum square, like ha- has the buttons around the bum. So you can go potty without taking your jammies off.
0: This is, on- <laughs> this is the only place you can get this kind of uh race breakdown is right here on tour
1: Oh yeah. Right here. <laughs> no, really. He was wearing his farmer jammies that Malcolm Stewart. And Oh, that was all I could look at. I just thought it was so funny. <laughs>
0: She kept talking about that. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, look right there. That's the flat. It's
1: white jammies with a red flat bum. And it looked so funny.
0: I'm sure that's not what they were going for when they designed that. <laughs> this is what all women thought is that he was wearing uh, jammies with a bum At least
1: flap. I did. I don't know about other women, but.
0: Uh, but he's, his fitness is just not quite there. He can hold on to it for about 12 minutes and maybe, you know, 14, 15. But he just drops like a rock after that. So
1: speaking of dropping like a rock, there was a few people that tumbled in. Ken Roxon, he tucked a wheel. Uh, Zach Osborne crashed. Adam C. and Cirillo took that. One Adam C. and Cirillo did
0: in the whoops. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He almost took another guy out.
0: Adam C. Cirillo, though, qualified seventh for the seventh straight week. Adam C. Cirillo has qualified fastest in the actual qualifying in, in the earlier. He's got to
1: figure that out. Kind to get that over into the main.
0: I think, well, he's doing well. If you look at it, who has led the most laps in the entire year? It's Ken Roxon with 43. And then right behind him, it's Eli Tomac with 41. And then right behind them, it's Adam Ciancerola with 37. So if you really think about Adam's year in the 450 so far, he's in fifth place in the points. He's led more laps than everyone except for the top two guys. And it's not even close. Yeah. Cooper Webb, the reigning mm-hmm. champ, has only led five Laps. Adam Ciancariello. Justin Barsha. Adam Ciancariello has led seven times as many laps as Cooper Webb has. Seven times, guys.
1: Yeah, that's cool.
0: That is, and so he's having a really, and he's gonna, like I've said, Adam Ciancariello has the possibility of being the biggest thing in the sport for the next ten years.
1: I hope so because he's really fun to listen to.
0: He is fun. <laughs> he's super fun. Um, and we talk about Eli. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna do it. I think he's gonna get mentally tough. He's. It's his thirtieth win. 30th win of his career. He has more wins than anyone else who has never won a championship. Cause a lot of times you can win chance. Some people have won championships with only winning like three races in the year, three races out of 17 and still win the championship because you know, you're, you're up there consistent. consistent or whatever. Mm-hmm. There are years where Eli Tomac has won seven, eight races. And he's never win he's not won the championship because when he has a bad day, he's like twelfth, fifteenth, fourteenth. Because it, he's
1: slow to get back on the bike.
0: Exactly. Sometimes there's been a couple of times where he's had two or three bad races where he finished out of the top ten and that basically kills it. Like your worst, your bad race needs to be somewhere around like ten, eight, seven, six. You know, and so but I think he's I think he's gonna do it. Uh, and then Cooper Webb, man. Cooper Webb, second place finish. Dark horse. Cooper Webb is back, and you don't want that guy to be ticked off. Last <laughs> week, he was mad as a hornet. <laughs> this week, he wasn't mad as a hornet, but he got, you know, he ended up in second place. And he lost a couple of points because last week he was he was nine points back. Now he is 11 points back because the, there's only two people that he can't have in front of him. He can't have Eli Tomac in front of him. He can't have Ken Rockson in front of him at the end. And Eli was in front of him, and so he he gave up a couple of points there, yep. you know. So uh, yeah, he's uh. We've got Ken Roxon now is lost the red plate. Ken Roxon is four points back on the season, uh, and then uh, Cooper Webb is eleven points back on the season. So oh. Ken
1: Roxon, his Mohawk, Mohawk, his red Mohawk's turning pink.
0: It is it is starting to fade for sure. Yeah. Hey, did you hear about Brock Tickle? Uh, nope. Brock Tickle was back. Brock Tickle got um. He got, he failed a drug test that the AMA did and they, the drug test that the AMA did just follows like the WADA, the world anti-doping agency rules or whatever. And there was some trace source of whatever it was in his, uh, in his urine. I don't even know what it was. It was like this weird chemical or something that they, no one is even sure if it gives you an advantage or anything. And anyway, he was, he was basically kicked out of racing for the last year and a half or two years. Uh, on this uh, problem it was a similar thing to what christian happened to christian craig i guess back in the day and brock tickle had to wait a year before he even found out how long the ama was going to have his suspension what what it was going to be it was just kind of a joke mm, that's and fun. so he comes back and even only being on the i mean i guess he's been riding a bike but he couldn't compete in anything he comes back and he what does he qualify he qualified like well this he qualified eight going into the main event i don't know what his earlier qualifying in the day was but he finishes in 12th, which I thought was pretty awesome for a guy just coming back. I mean, if you think about it, who was right in front of him? Zach Osborne at 11 and Jason Anderson at 10. Karen, what is happening with Jason Anderson?
1: Oh, man. Jason Anderson,
0: Jason Anderson, two years ago, was the champion. Yeah. What has happened to him?
1: He's too chill. Is that <laughs> it? I guess I don't know. Let's text him and find out.
0: He's supposed to be a fighter. He's supposed to be contending for this championship. And he is now in sixth place. uh, But he is like 40 points off or 30 some, 36, 37 points off. I don't know what is going on with him. He he gets a, he gets a number 10. He's 10th place. This he's a top five dude. He should not be out of the top five. I look at him and I say, he's just one step down from Eli Tomac and Cooper Webb and, and and Ken Roxon, But he's showing that he's a number of steps down. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't get it.
1: I have another question. What happened to Blake Baggett? Where was he at? Why did he not start?
0: I don't know what happened to the double B. I think the double B... BB4. I think the double B had a problem in his heat race. Hmm. He went down pretty hard in the heat race, I think. I don't but then follow he, him on Instagram, Then, guess, he, yeah. then he jumped back <laughs> up and finished the heat, and then he didn't start in the, in the main. So I don't know what happened to double B... Adam Anteknap, he was in there. He finished uh, 21st. So he finished last of all the people who actually did Um Chad race. Reed. Chad Reed. I don't think Chad Reed finished the race. Does it show?
1: I don't know. It I doesn't know. say.
0: He, well, he got 19.
1: I remember he got lapped.
0: Yeah, he was being lapped. So that's pretty bad for him. It's too bad. Anyway, so I think that's what we've got for you. It was an interesting race. Next week is going to be... Uh, That Triple Crown, like we said, in in, uh, Dallas, Arlington. Last year, Karen and I were at that race. It was super fun.
1: That was fun.
0: We went there. We got down. We got to go do track walk and everything. It was cold. I was wanting warmer weather, and it wasn't warm. I think it was like 20 degrees colder the day we were there than than it had been earlier in the week or something. Uh, Maybe even colder. And that
1: ramp going into the track walk was... Don't
0: don't tell that story. We'll have to tell that story next week. We'll have to tell that story next week. We'll have to remember that. But uh Cliffhanger,
1: yeah. cliffhanger.
0: But yeah, that's that's called a tease. <laughs> <laughs> we call that a tease in the industry.
1: Oh golf
0: But I'm excited, again, I'm excited for this season because like I said, it is actually the points chase is pretty tight. And there are I mean, if you if you look at it, I really do think there are three people that could easily win this. Eli Tomac could win it, Ken Roxon could win it, Cooper Webb could win it. After that, you slip down to Justin Barshan, Adam C and I think those guys are a ways off. I'm not sure that either one of them could pull it off, uh, the championship this year, but those top three guys, Eli, Ken and Cooper seriously wide open for any of them, tons of green grass in front of them, lots of racing to go. We're just a little bit over. I think we're about one third away the way through it. So we're now getting into the meat of it. And a lot of guys seem to think that they like those East coast tracks better because the dirt is better. It's a little bit softer. So I think that a lot of the guys are super happy to be off the West coast. And going back to the East Coast with a little bit, a little bit more rutting, rutted rutted tracks. What do you think, Karen?
1: I guess so. I don't know. I don't work there.
0: That's what they say. (laughs) I'm just talking about what they say. So should be some interesting racing coming up. And uh, if you guys have an idea of where we should, me and Karen should go to our our last traveling Supercross race, uh, send us an email, Kyle at DirtbikeChannel.com, and tell us which race we should go to and why. We're kind of keying in on Seattle but I'm worried about being, I don't want it to be a mutter. I don't want to go to a race and then have it be a mudder. You know? <laughs> you I'm don't anti, know. I'm anti-mud. Okay. Well, that's all we got for you uh, on this Tuesday mm. evening Supercross mechanic. <laughs> anyway, sorry. We'll be better next week and we won't uh, miss it. So <laughs> anyway, thanks guys. and Leave a single track. See ya.